What's up, everybody? You're listening to Out of the Box Podcast with your host, D-Star. Enjoy the show! What's up, everybody? This is your host, D-Star, here with... Renee Mo. For the people that don't know you, can you give us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, uh, I'm here because I'm the president and CEO of United Way of Dane County and a big D-Star fan. <laughs> um, I'm a Madison resident, and uh, I really love serving our community. So where did you grow up? I'm a military kid. I grew up all over the place. My dad was in the Air Force and met my mom in Taiwan, born in Tampa, Florida, on McDill Air Force Base. And we lived in Germany for a few years and Okinawa, Japan for a few years. And when my dad retired, we moved to a little town called Northfield, Wisconsin, Mm. about two and a half hours north of I-94. Wow. So I remember one time you were telling me that you were in radio before. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and give us a... A tagline, one one time for the one time. <laughs> oh, United Way of Dane County, the power of many working for all. How's that? <laughs> that so tell us a little bit about the United Way and what role does it play in the community? Yeah, so United Way has uh, an organization that is 100 years old this year. And we really think of ourselves as a change catalyst. Our job is to mobilize the caring power of the community to create change that lasts for generations. We really anchor around education, financial stability that allows for housing, as well as health. And we work to coordinate nonprofits in a holistic, two-gen, multi-generational approach so families get what they need. We're also known for civic engagement. We really empower folks to learn more about the needs in our community. And if they want to make a difference, to give, advocate, or volunteer to make those changes because we know it takes every person to make our community even better. So a hundred years. Wow, that's very impressive. So what are some of the milestones over the hundred years, like some of the programs that the United Way has implemented or they have championed? Well, when you think about the founding of United Way in about 1922, it really was a way to coordinate philanthropic efforts. So there were a lot of business members who were uh, of the community who were asked to give money and they wanted it to be done in a way that was more efficient for fundraising and more effective for where the dollars went in the community. So that's really where our foundational start began. If you fast forward, United Way's then called community chests, like on your Monopoly board, were very instrumental to helping in the war efforts. So when men were off in World War II, a lot of labor unions, United Way, women and children, you know, really there was a lot of of, uh, support with faith and nonprofits. How do you work together to help make sure families have what they need? That started a little bit more of the focus, not only on how people can give money, but what to do with it. I would say in the uh, 70s and 80s, payroll deduction became a much bigger deal. So people could, in their workplaces, give a little bit in every paycheck, and uh, that allowed for more dollars to go to community nonprofits that happened all across the country. Here in Dane County, in the late 90s, this is where things, to me, start getting really even more inspiring than those fire decades. Because it was about that time where, when we were talking about academic opportunity gaps, really seeing that our Black and Brown students weren't reading at proficiency, uh, especially comparatively to our white students, that's when the community really mobilized around some big community goals. How do we help more students be successful in literacy? And about that time, we started focusing less on the campaign goal as our success measure and really focused more in on community change as a success measure. So Schools of Hope was really the start to all of that. How We set a community goal, mobilized folks, actually focused in on reading scores. And we saw 29% of kids not reading at proficiency at the beginning, down to under 4% not reading at proficiency. Super powerful. And that really started the whole impact agenda and collective impact movement across the country, really, that really credited with starting at United Way of Dean County and my predecessor, Leslie Howard. 
So that was Goals of Hope. Um, and then the agenda for change really anchored around a number of community goals. Much like we had said, how do we focus on literacy? We started focusing in on early childhood readiness, in addition to education and graduation rates, homelessness reduction, violence reduction, more long-term support for people with disabilities and those who are older, and healthcare access for more people. So it was a really robust, wide agenda. And we were able to then, through that, over the next uh, decade or so, start seeing some really powerful signature initiatives. So I'll save the journey home for the one we'll talk about in a little bit. But we were able to work in partnership with the city, the county, nonprofits to help, for example, really transform the homelessness support system across Dane County. Previously, it had been all about helping people get shelter or help. We really wanted to get people out of homelessness. So Housing First was a program that was born out of that. In our income space, we worked with uh, not only nonprofits, but also employers, as well as other individuals who were under or unemployed to really, again, transform that employment system to be able to help match different industries who needed workers with individuals who are looking for work and helping the nonprofits create a no wrong door system for employment. Again, really uh, exceptional results there, getting to family sustaining wages. And in the health area, we've been able to partner with some of our healthcare system partners like UW Health or Quartz and really help to provide um, healthcare access through the Health Connect program. And that gets um, people's premiums paid if Which they was are. revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sandy was telling me about Aww. that. And she was saying how, how you guys implemented that. And it just helps so many people. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys for that. Oh, my goodness. We do it together. And that's the power of the community. So, you know, we really are, when you use the word transformational, each one of these is a really powerful collaboration in the community. And what United Way really does is takes the individual efforts of one agency or one organization or one person. We try to amplify that to make more solutions across the community. So we're accountable for our results and we make sure that we listen to the people who are most directly affected by the decisions that are being made, as well as actually driving toward that change that gets to not only helping, but hopefully to well-being and self-sufficiency overall. So what are some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome being a woman CEO? I think uh, a lot of times people don't look at you and take you seriously as a CEO. <laughs> that probably sounds a little funny. Really? You think so? Sometimes I do. And, uh, you know, not not now, right? I think now um, people know our work. They know our results. I will say, though, when I was applying for the position, um, you know, first of all, I had my own self-doubts, right? Why do you want to be a CEO And when I had the aha that the reason you do a job like this is because you get access to resources to actually make change, that's when it felt much more comfortable inside of me. So that was the first obstacle. Um, The second one is people would say, well, you don't look like a CEO. I don't know if you've got that CEO capability. Like, well, what does that mean exactly? You're super uh, nice. (laughs) Maybe. I always say nice and effective are not mutually exclusive. It probably is true, right? People don't think that a collaborative style, they may not think that has the most uh, effectiveness. But actually, to me, it's one of the most effective ways to make change. And uh, it's not about who gets the credit. It's about getting things done. And sometimes I think if you're not up, you know, really saying, hey, here's the stuff, go do it this way. People don't necessarily think you're effective. That doesn't mean you're not you know, paying attention to the whole community and trying to put the pieces in the right places to actually get more done together. It's more my style. And I think that co-creation and listening is so powerful. You know, one of the things I love to say is the community always tells you what it needs if you listen. And that means a staff community, it means the larger communities that we support. And I think that sometimes people don't think, like I said, that style is necessarily effective or they feel like you're abdicating your responsibility as a leader. That definitely comes through sometimes. But again, I really believe in my heart and soul It is the most effective way to make change because then people feel like they can see the solution, they were a part of it, 
And the commitment is there to continue the work beyond just making the decision, but actually making sure you carry through the action to result. Absolutely. So what are some of the biggest hurdles do you think that the community is facing right now? Let's take the most obvious ones. Obviously, coming out of a pandemic, right, we still have disproportionality in who's getting sick and who's dying. We have significant economic shifts in terms of wealth and access to jobs that are family sustaining. We have very expensive housing rates and inflation. So food costs, housing costs, all those things that show up in your pocket, gas costs are putting a lot of pressure on families. So from my vantage point, those are kind of the big things that are going on. A little bit less easy to see, but also showing up in the community. There's just so much division. And I think that as people try to understand what is the next new future and how do we actually figure out how do we get to safety and well-being and helping people thrive and feeling like things are safe and not chaotic. There's a lot we have to wrestle through. You know, many of our systems and institutions were built many, many decades ago. And we've got new technology, new demographics, a lot of generational shifts going on. We're also having a sense of, you know, what is the new world order? What are the values that we support as a society? We're kind of wrestling through that too. And uh, even in our work here at Dane County, you know, the more recent work really anchoring not only racial disparity and reducing racial disparity, but also thinking through what does it mean to acknowledge the historic systemic barriers and get to a place where you can't predict like outcomes based on race or income or zip code. There's a lot of questioning about that. You know, people feel like we're, you know, creating society of, of dependency or that people aren't taking self- the self-swear socialism. Oh, that's true. Yes. Or they're not taking, you know, self-responsibility or those kinds of things, right? That's absolutely right, Dee. And I think that, you know, those conversations where we can understand each other more or understand the different points of view there are fewer places to have that proximity to really push against each other, other ideas to see what's real. How do we get from here to there? I think those are some of the issues that I see in terms of the barriers and also in you know, recognition of the reality of the hard work it takes, the personal work, the larger institutional work, the community work to be able to help get through that and make life better for everybody. That's really, you know, a lot of the work that we do here. You know, I say a lot that there's a fight, right? And then I don't think that the fight is black and white. I really think it's rich and poor. And once we get over the race fight, I think that we can really start seeing what really it's not about black and white. It's about, hey, there's a huge wealth gap here and it's the 99% versus the 1%, right? And it's more of us than it is of them. And we really need to come together and say, okay, look, let's pull our resources. Let's figure out what we need to do as a whole. We're really losing the middle class and America really was built upon the middle class. And a lot of the work that the United Way is doing is actually taking the, the poor and try to get them at least to the middle class. I think that that's just a great thing that you guys are doing. Seriously. Thanks, D. And I think, you know, the, the versus part is always where it feels that us and them, I agree with you. I think if we could do this more as a we, there's more opportunity to actually get to better understanding if you look at the data, you can see directly um, wealth disparities are absolutely part of the challenge. And you also do have some race disparities, too. And uh, I just had this conversation with a donor, actually, and there was a lot of um, frustration over talking about black and white, just as you're mentioning. The perception was, you know, black people are asking white people to fix problems. And I said, you know, that's not necessarily true. It's more in those conversations where people are talking about race. It's uh, black people are saying, hey, do you understand that we're not saying we want this because we're black? They're saying, you know, reduce some of the hurt so that we can get to self-sufficiency. We're not asking for more. We just want uh, that equal opportunity and that access. And so 
I think that the way that we are divided and the way that we do have this tension, I think that you're right. The economics of what actually happens, what do we actually do is a big part of it. And I think that this lens of race, we can't necessarily just say, have that go away because it is in the conversation. So if we don't overtly address that, we can actually get to the solutions that are going to get us to where I think most of us actually agree we want to be. So what made you want to get into this kind of work? Yeah. So I think that um, certainly with a dad in the military, there was a strong service orientation in our household growing up. My mom was always very active in schools and you know helping out. She's an accountant, a bookkeeper, tax preparer kind of person, always made time to volunteer and, and do those kinds of things. And I think that you know my heart for helping others really came up through certainly uh, my faith growing up, certainly came up through service organizations and leadership roles through 4-H or Sunday school, things like that. You know, how I got to United Way was really through a student um, project at the University of Wisconsin. I really thought I was going to go into journalism. And as I learned more about journalism, I found myself wanting to solve problems, not just report on them. (laughs) And United Way was a great vehicle for that. So I met a number of United Way folks through that project and uh, found my way here and obviously haven't left since. And what's amazing is you actually started as an intern. That's right. In the marketing area. Which through is that journalism crazy. project. Yeah, this, <laughs> which is crazy. So just to bring it around for a circle, she started as an intern and worked all the way up to CEO. That's If that's not a success story, I don't know what is. Well, lots of helpers along the way, Dee. Great mentors, great supervisors, awesome opportunities for education and those kinds of things. Definitely a drive to always try to connect the dots and, and do better and uh, try to help as much as I could and add value. One of the topics that we touch upon a lot is mentorship. How has mentorship really shaped your life and career? Yeah. You know, I can't even uh, detach mentorship from any step of my career and path because I've had mentors all along the way. I think sometimes people feel like you need to have a dedicated mentor and a dedicated mentor relationship, but I feel like you can find mentors in every aspect of your life. A lot of times, if you have a question or you're wondering why something is the way it is, if you can have the courage to ask the question of someone who might know the answer, you know, that's a form of mentorship. And I've never been afraid to do that. I also think that there have been folks who have, you know, pulled me out of line to say, hey, had you thought about, you know, presenting something this way or how about this idea? And uh, I've learned over time not to take that as a criticism or not to be defensive about that. I really accept that as a gift because anytime someone provides feedback to you, even if you disagree with it, it really is another lens of how somebody else sees your behavior or your work. And that's a gift. It helps you really think through how you might be perceived or how effective you might be. And then you can then extend that and share those lessons with other people around you. So I hopefully uh, am able to now take so many of those lessons and mentorship pieces of feedback and now share that forward because you know, we all need to lift one another up. What are some of the ways that the United Way helps to assist the inmate community and their families? Yes. So this is a community very important to United Way. And uh, I'd love to answer that question in three ways. So um, number one, we really focus all of our work around family well-being. And we know that um, those components I mentioned earlier, education, financial stability, including housing and health, are so critically important to a whole family. So all the work I mentioned already about what we have done in the last few decades to really help build out those systems of empowerment to get to higher wage jobs or to get to that graduation rate or to get to homelessness reduction are super important in that work. The second thing is really all around our journey home program. So this one ties more directly into the incarceration population, what we call returning citizens. And we partner with Madison Urban Ministry, now called Just Dane. Some people know it by the prior name. 
And uh, Justine does a magnificent job. And uh, we really partner with them very, very closely. And we have for since 2006 and even before around a model that we call Reset. So residency, education, support, employment, and treatment. And those are really important to making sure that when people are returning to the community, they've got all those building blocks in place to be able to then leapfrog into personal goals and self-sufficiency and family support. And the third thing really is a newer program called Parenting Inside Out. And that's all around helping to make sure that while individuals are still incarcerated, that there are opportunities to really engage with parenting. And we know that if you're in prison, you're still a parent if you've got kids. And so how do you help individuals reconnect with families you know, once you're out of prison and making sure that there's really a safe place to talk about maybe your own experiences with parenting and you know how people parented you and how you want to parent in the future. And so it's a really powerful evidence-based program that has really excellent results, as does the Journey Home program. And so those are kind of three buckets of areas where we engage and we listen and we try to help individuals with their own individual goals. And, you know, the ultimate goal is not to have reentry, right? So the specific goal for us, maintaining a 10% or less yearly reincarceration rate for journey home participants and a 20% reincarceration rate three years after release. So those are the, the metrics that we talk about. We've been doing this for, um, like I said, a very long time, over 10,000 or so individuals since we started this work. Yes, and it's very, very important. If you could say something to the community that they wouldn't know about the United Way, what would that be? I think that uh, I would say United Way is a catalyst for change. It's not just an organization who raises money and gives money out to nonprofits. It's an organization that pays attention to the big picture, that tries to look at um, where there are gaps in the systems, and really stays focused on creating solutions. We try to know people, have relationships, have deep trust to be able to co-create solutions that um, really drive to measurable outcomes for the whole community. And our goal is all around lifting up that self-sufficiency, that family well-being, and the ability for the whole community to thrive. What are some of the ways we can help support the United Way? And what is the United Way call to action? Well, there are a lot of things you can do. We want to set up uh, the tables so people know enough to care, care enough to act. And when they want to act, they can do it easily and effectively. So I would say um, the big three things would be to give, to advocate, and to volunteer. So we can't do any of this work without resources. And we ask people to give according to their means. If you can give a little bit. Um, we'll aggregate that with other people who give a little bit. If you can give a lot, we'll aggregate that with folks who can give a little bit and maximize that. Um, for every dollar given to United Way, we're able to amplify that six times or more because of our coordinated approach and focus on results. Um, the advocacy part is all around learning. There's a lot of misinformation. People don't know the data. They don't necessarily have relationships with people. And so United Way is really making a concerted effort to listen and build relationships and understand Uh, What are nonprofits doing? What is business doing? What is government doing? What are grassroots organizations doing? What's going on in the neighborhood? What's going on at the policy level, the national level? And so by having that big picture, but really staying focused on the change we want to make locally, that's where we can get more done. So advocacy is about really learning and then championing solutions that are co-created that can actually make a long-term difference. And we know that because of the analysis and the results and the reporting that we do uh, and the focus on accountability. Uh, And then volunteering is one of those ways that anybody can help. And uh, certainly some people have more time than money. Some people have more, more money than time. We have a wide network of nonprofits that put their nonprofit 
nonprofit volunteer opportunity on a website called volunteertime.org. And we welcome people to go there and volunteer. You could be in a circle of support, for example. You could help an older resident with their home chores. You could help with thought leadership and volunteerism. So there's just a lot of ways to roll up your sleeves and get involved in the community. So that would be my United Way call to action. Get involved in your community, find something you're passionate about, and just roll up your sleeves. One of our charges is to mobilize the caring power of the community. And it takes every single one of us to give, advocate, and volunteer to care about one another. And uh, that's what's going to create that change that lasts for multiple generations. So how is the United Way getting their message out, continuing their transparency through what mediums? Is it, do you have like a website or mm-hmm. podcast? How are you yeah. guys getting your message out? Well, thank you, Dee, for putting us on your podcast. That's one way. We have regular, I would say, communications cadence. So if you are already in the United Way family, you get a regular newsletter. We're on social media every day, so you can see what's going on with the United Way that way. We have a pretty robust outreach in terms of public relations and media relations to try to get news stories out to help lift up the stories of nonprofits doing great work and donors doing great work and families who are doing the work. So that's a huge way that we do that. And we also have a large, um, what we call a corporate workplace campaign. We go into hundreds of businesses across the community and we actually educate the employees inside the company And then we invite them to participate in the community to give advocate volunteer, as I mentioned. So our communications really are through what I would call more traditional channels as well as those newer channels. But we're always looking for ways to get the word out. And we really rely, too, on the hundreds of partners and tens of thousands of donors to really help also help amplify the message by saying why they give, why they participate, why they partner, because it does take all of us uh, supporting our whole community to make that change. How can a small business get involved with the United Way and be of service? Absolutely. So any size organization can get involved. A smaller organization can go to our website. You mentioned the website earlier. That's unitedwaydanecounty.org. And uh, from there, you could say, um, how do I get involved? There's a tab there. And it says, if I'm a business. So you can have a United Way volunteer or staff come in and give a presentation to your team about how to volunteer. Uh, We have affinity groups for young professionals, for women, um, for retirees. And uh, we have another group called the Business Volunteer Network. People can participate with like-minded folks who want to make a difference and get some ideas about how else to participate in the community. United Way also has a really robust network of nonprofit relationships. So if you are interested in an issue, we can help you learn about, for example, early childhood readiness or you know, infant mortality and focusing on healthcare disparities and reducing that. So you know, whatever you're interested in, we can help you learn more about what's going on in the community and what are those solutions that have been co-created to actually address them and help your company get involved. I Just the other day, I was talking to a leader of a small business and he said, I only have 12 people. He's like, I think we're too small to participate. I'm like, oh, no, most of the companies in our community are small and mid-sized and we'd love to get you involved. So he said, "Okay." so we just identified one person in the company who is willing to sort of be the main United Way liaison. And then they've already connected with one of our staff people and they're going to run a campaign. So, yeah, it's pretty great. People want to volunteer. We can bring volunteer projects on site to your companies. We also have community events going on all year round. And so you can invite a team to one of our community events. It's really exciting. It's super inspiring. And uh, you can just see other people coming together to make a difference. And, you know, to me, that's what makes community, right? Coming together, getting to know people you wouldn't otherwise get to meet, getting proximate to issues you maybe don't know about or don't understand. And then if you get the chance to actually make a difference, that's so powerful. You know, we would recommend anybody at any size business or anybody in the community to get involved. For the people that's listening that may be incarcerated or just coming home, Mm -hmm. if you could give them any type of words of wisdom, what would it be? We believe in you. 
Don't give up. There are resources to help get from here to there. To me, the hardest thing is deciding those goals of what you want your life to be. But once you decide, there are lots of ways to be able to build access points, relationships to get there. So do that self-reflection. Really decide what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your relationships to be? Um, your work, your housing. And if you can kind of vision that, then there are people along the way to help you get to that self-actualization. So don't give up. We are not our worst moment. We are not our worst mistake. And it really takes all of us to do that internal work, but also really see the community as embracing us so we can get to that place where we can all have a really safe, thriving community. Thank you, Renee. I really appreciate you coming on the program today. You gave us a lot to think about and a lot of resources that we can take advantage of. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. And if anyone does need resources, please feel free to reach out to United Way 211. You can reach them through a phone call, through our online platform, through texting. It's a way to give or get help. And uh, this is all about uh, partnerships. So thank you, Dee, again. And that's the power of many working for all. So I appreciate you having me on. No problem. I'm D-Star. Until next time, guys. Thank you for listening to Out of the Box Podcast, an inspiring show advocating for our current and former inmates and their families in Wisconsin. Are you interested in starting your own podcast? Click our affiliate link or Buzzsprout for all your podcast hosting needs. You can also support the show by clicking our support link in the description.